Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? All right, today we're going to talk about how we can find out and how much we can find out and what it takes to get there. So let's say in this case, I want to find out at a level of seven. Okay, so I find that level on my graph and I come horizontally to my gradient line. Where it intersects with my gradient line, I'm going to come straight down to where it intersects with my round line. Now there's gonna tell me how much I have to around to find out what I need to find out. See, as you can see, the more you around, the more you're gonna find out. And also, if you stay down here and you never around, you'll never find out. So I hope this lesson is helpful. Thank you. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. I mean, honest to goodness, ladies and gentlemen, could we or could we not solve the majority of America's problems simply with one of these dry erase markers and this BS board behind me? Yes or no? That's what it takes. It doesn't take endless deliberation. It doesn't take political infusions of dirty money. It involves people who actually give a rip about the country that we love. But we are the threat. The threat to what? To all things dirty Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. So excited to have you. Remember to get the podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. Super easy to get. Fits on your your phone. (laughs) A million downloads so far, Wendy Bell Radio. Love to have you join the family. When you hear somebody who speaks from the heart, when you listen to Chip Roy from Texas, get up and effusively and off the cuff, Talk about the effects of illegal migration on his district in Texas. It gives you pause. It makes you feel there are still people in politics who care. I hear that when I listen to Senator Ron Johnson or when Josh Hawley of Missouri speaks. And there aren't that many who have this ability to slice through all of this ridiculous nonsense that wastes our time and it wastes our money. And it's designed to do that because if you're fighting, if you're stressed out, if life for you is complicated, you're taking your eye off the ball and they can go do all of the things that they've done for so many years. One clear way to fix that is to restrict how long people in Congress can serve. And so this is the fourth time now that Ted Cruz, fourth time, it was January of this year, the fourth time Ted Cruz proposed an amendment to the Constitution specifying limits of service. In the Senate, it would be two six-year terms. In the House of Representatives, it would be three two-year terms, but then one could go serve in the Senate if they so chose and if they were effective. Now, 82% of Americans polled say they like term limits. Who wouldn't like term limits? 
than people like career politicians Mitch McConnell. Zero. Abject zero. Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer graduates law school from Harvard, doesn't practice law for a moment of his life, and instead has gummed up the works of American government to run cover and interference for some of the biggest fraudsters out there. And I'm sure he's right in that kettle with them. Matt Gates yesterday said this, and this is very curious because we've looked, I've hunted and pecked. I called Matt Gates' Florida office. I called his D.C. district. Help me. Send me the roll call link. House of Representatives and also the Senate have very good record keeping usually. And you can go online and you can see how did people vote. They'll show everybody there, right? Can't find it. I've looked everywhere. Anybody out there who finds it. It was the vote yesterday, September 28th. Wendy Bell Radio at Gmail. I will wait and I will read the results because you need to know why members of the of the Republican Party would not be down with limited time in government. Look, Washington, D.C., being part of the Beltway bubble should not be a lifelong thing. The same way, if you think working at McDonald's is going to be a career, Houston, we've got problems. You people need to move along. Let fresh blood come in. Let's get more veterans involved. Let's carve out some of these old washed-up has-beens. On both sides, Gates yesterday dropping it in five minutes. It's beautiful. We chopped it up for you because it needs to be digested in in small, tantalizing mouthfuls. And he says, look, we didn't give McCarthy the gavel until the 15th vote for a reason. Because we wanted to have conversation about term limits. And the dude, eight months later, still hasn't done it, and we've put him on notice. And so it's kind of interesting that all of a sudden now we're having a vote on this. Audio soundbite one. January, during the speaker contest, there were a group of us who wanted to change the way Washington, D.C. operates. That meant changing the spending. That meant advancing balanced budgets. That meant getting House conservatives on committees of great import. But it also meant taking a vote on term limits. We required it. Speaker McCarthy agreed to it. For the last eight months, he's been in breach of that agreement. And just weeks ago, I took to the floor of the House to serve notice of that breach, to inform Speaker McCarthy that if he did not hold a vote on term limits, which we will have today, that he would face a motion to vacate. There it is. There's a reason we were very stubborn with this. We demanded that he agreed to a series of demands. Those were, that was one of the demands. So here we are today. And why is it we're here, Mr. Gates says? Why is it that we're here even having a conversation about this when we know that the lion's share of America wants term limits? It's not debatable. Audio soundbite two. And while I acknowledge it may not pass, what even the opponents of term limits must acknowledge is that term limits are wildly popular in every zip code in America, except 202, the Washington, D.C. zip code. You go to almost any place in the country, throw a rock on Main Street. Chances are, 8 and 10, it's going to hit somebody who's in favor of term limits. But politicians aren't. Why is that? Well, you know why. Why would you ever want to go have a job where you have to work? Where you have to be innovative? Where you have to think outside the box? where you have to manage a budget 
and cut corners and squeeze expenses and make sacrifice. Hell, when you're in Congress, you've got everybody else's money. It's freaking party time. Let's go, right? Term limits, he says, and this is a great point. When you have hogs like Mitch McConnell parked in a seat for 40 odd years, there's, there's multiple generations of, of new thought, of young leaders, of, of innovation, of everything that makes America extraordinary, or at least used to, that is blocked from the process. And that has to end. Number three. But in a term limits environment, you get more fresh ideas. Far too often in Washington, D.C., we revert to a failed and often corrupt muscle memory on how to do things because you got a lot of people here who've been doing them for 10, 20 years, sometimes even longer. So people who are not beholden to the Washington way of thinking will naturally have a more dynamic manner in which to come up with fresh ideas. Second, I think it creates a stronger connection to the district. If the district is generating a new person every six years, then you don't have people who move to Washington, who make their lives in Washington. It becomes temporary, more like the true intent of our founders. Temporary, not forever until you finally die, Dianne Feinstein. And then he says this, when you have a finite amount of time, you tend to be more productive. You know you've got a limited window. You want to leave a mark. You want to make a difference. Ostensibly, that's why you ran in the first place. It ought to be that. Go. And third, I'll use a sports analogy. I don't think anybody would ever like to watch a basketball game without a shot clock. You'd see people just dribbling around, holding the ball, never making a move, never having to present aggressive defense. And that kind of feels like how we've been governing for the last several decades. We just govern by omnibus bill and continuing resolution. And so if you have a shot clock, if you know that you get six years in the House, may go on to the Senate for a little bit more public service, but six years in the House, that's going to force people to actually compromise more, to take half a loaf. And by the way, I know that having been in that system, when I was in the state legislature, if there was an issue I cared a lot about, maybe animal welfare, cannabis reform, I would be willing to take less than what was perfect because I knew I only had a certain amount of time there to contribute to that process and I wanted to make, you know, I wanted to be directionally correct in terms of the policies of our state. Here increasingly you have some of these folks who've seemingly been around since dirt was young and it doesn't unlock that sense of urgency that oftentimes can lead to more productive government. Practical, common sense, concise, well thought out, and this cuts out lobbyists' money. Go. Uh, there is a reason most of our states have term limits. It's because most of the people want it. And in states that have term limits, you have higher frequency of balanced budget. I think you don't have the endemic corruption that we often see in Washington, D.C., and you're not as lashed to the special interests. Like, you know, in a term limits environment, the special interests and lobbyists can't really buy a lawmaker. They can only rent them for six years. Isn't that just an incredible statement of fact that everybody has a price tag and that there is so much influence because of that? 
how on earth do we ever get anything accomplished? We don't. They get rich. We get screwed. But his last soundbite with a Democrat in that chamber shows the biggest distinction, I believe, between Republicans who really care and Democrats who want you to take your eye off the ball. Don't miss this. It's super important. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So here's Matt Gates saying, hey, look, we want to amend the Constitution. We want to put term limits on. You can't do it at a state level. you got to do it at the federal level, I guess. And he's saying, hey, federal level, let's do this. Let people put it on the ballot. Right. Let, let's agree that this is something that we want to do and then have everybody else vote on it. and Let's go. Well, why would you vote against that? Because obviously you like the status quo. Obviously, you don't understand that eight in 10 Americans want term limits. But I want you to hear the give and go. And I don't know who the guy is on the Democrat side. I beg your pardon. He's a he's a he's a Democrat. OK, I'll, that's all I'll tell you. Matt Gates is saying, look, this is the vote. And y'all who don't vote for this, you're going to basically go on record as being against what the majority of this country, the people who elected us, who we serve, we're going up against their wishes. Listen to the give and go as the Democrat then gets snippy and snarky. And Matt is like, look, man, this is serious. Go. But in our system, they buy the cow and spend the rest of their time getting the milk for free. And that might be the reason why we're seeing such opposition to term limits now. Uh, I believe we can have open, honest, transparent government, and we will have this vote, not because it's a comfortable thing for a lot of people to take it, because people are going to be taking a vote that is on the opposite side of like 80% of the country when they vote against this. Well, will the gentleman we'll yield? That vote. Sure, the, I'll yield, Mr. Ivey. How many terms have you served? Oh, yeah, I'll get to that. I served three terms, but here's the deal. A lot of us who've who've served that amount of time, we actually want to shorten our own sentence, but we don't think our district should have to unilaterally disarm, right? I think that, hey, tell you what, if we can get universal term limits, well, I'm I'm afraid I'm out of time, but I'd love to continue the conversation. There's nobody else in your district who's capable of serving in Many more, probably far more capable than me. The voters did send me here to the tune of 70% of the vote, but I do think that if, if everyone uh, had the same standard, we, and we all live, I mean, like, you can't really be advocating for us living by different rules in different districts. Let's gentleman, just all live by the same rules. Uh, you'll back. retire whenever you like. Gentlemen's time has expired. You'd like that, wouldn't you? You know, what, what is that? Grow up, Mr. Ivy, you hack. What the hell have you brought to the table? I'm going to go with not much. But here's Matt Gates, Off the cuff. He doesn't need notes. He doesn't have anything scribbled on the palm of his hand. There's not a PowerPoint presentation. There's no overhead projector. He's saying, look, we've been asking for this for years. Go on the record and vote against this. So my pledge to you is I've got to find this list. I need to, we all need to know what Republicans are not down with term limits and get them the hell out. Now, I have this is very interesting. I had a show the other day, and the title of the program on the live stream was This is the End of the Media. It's over. Party over. Everybody's turning somewhere else. Nobody's turning in the evening news. They're not whipping open the New York Times. Does anybody actually get a paper anymore? Right? This is how even our elected leaders, Kevin McCarthy, tweeted this video out 
as a brief synopsis on Twitter of what House Oversight Committee Chairman Jamie Comer dropped in those hours of testimony yesterday. I want you to hear it because the media are, in fact, now on the back burner. We don't need them. We know how to communicate. You know where to turn. And you know that it's a lot more likely that you're not being lied to. Listen to the video. The title of this hearing is an impeachment inquiry. The House has passed the threshold for an impeachment inquiry into the conduct of President Biden. Four years ago, I was in an impeachment deposition run by Adam Schiff in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol. So I'm in an impeachment deposition and I went to the floor to vote to vote on opening an impeachment inquiry. And let's be clear, you don't need a full vote of the House to proceed in an impeachment inquiry phase of our constitutional duty to do oversight. We need the impeachment inquiry status as we move forward to get the information that we have been obstructed by this administration and by this family. You're not voting on articles of impeachment. This is an inquiry to find evidence. And that's what the purpose of this hearing is. Don't create another false narrative. You have that authority as a Congress when the Speaker of the House makes that designation. Boom. 50 seconds. This is not an impeachment. It is an inquiry. There is a difference. This is how they're connecting with people. Because the left, obviously, the Uniparty wants everybody to believe, oh my gosh, what a waste of time. There is no evidence. We've got much bigger things going on. Hogwash. This is the biggest story of my lifetime. And likely yours. Biggest. Because when you pull the thread and you start to see it unravel, right? This is what they're afraid of. So we have now Republicans in Congress, the Speaker of the House, using Twitter, because that's the way we are staying in touch. Fascinating. All right, so we've got Dumb of the Day. Her name is Jasmine Crockett. She's a representative. (laughs) Oh my gosh, wait till you hear what she has to say. And then we're going to debunk the whole electric vehicle thing in one story. It's going to be done. Knock out. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so I heard this audio this morning and I was like, you know what? That's a whole segment. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program, my friends. Delighted as always to share as much time with you as you can. So there's this woman. Her name is Jasmine Crockett. I've never heard her name. I've never seen her face. She reminds me of Stacey Plaskett. And she's effusive and she's like, her arms are flailing around And you just don't hear about her ever until all of a sudden now. And you're like, why am I hearing about this woman named Jasmine Crockett? She's apparently a member of the House of Representatives from Texas. If you care. I I really don't. But I do care about what she says here. And and what she says, we're going to bounce off of and make an entire segment out of, okay? Identifying the playbook, identifying the the catchphrases that clearly have been pushed out. It's not dissimilar to when we watched television on January 6th of 2021. And all the media across every single channel were saying the same thing. And I, as a member of the media myself, was like, did everybody have like a a powwow in advance where they shared cliff notes about what was going to happen? And it all seemed very suspect until we all, of course, realized the media suck. Right. Which gave rise to this program. 
So I'm grateful for that. Well, this representative is going to do what has been done for far too long. She's going to drop a line that's going to conflate facts. It's going to ask you to target your emotion, right? That's the Democrat way. Oh, feeling. Oh, it's the right thing to do, right? Even though they're the worst people in those regards. And she's going to tell us the real story about, about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's story isn't about being a dirtbag. His story isn't about lying, serial lying. It's not about plagiarism. It's not about being creepy and gross and about sniffing people and babies not liking him because they don't. It's not about his obvious feebleosity, right? About his clear cognitive decline. The guy's been a mental midget for years, but obviously we're watching this. That's not the story. He didn't take money from anybody. He loves his son. I almost, almost spit out my coffee. I want you to hear it now. Go. On because he's got 91 counts pending right now. But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally. And that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child. Until they find some evidence, we need to get back to the people's work, which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States. And I will yield. Oh, boy. Sorry, Jasmine. Your parents don't love you as much, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) He's the smartest person I know. Okay. I just wanted you to get a little... A little flave there of that. Because it's sort of, it's 29 seconds of all things that suck. (laughs) I'm going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you that Donald Trump, 91 criminal charges. One of them's got to be true, don't they? Isn't that Neil Cavuto? Can all of them be false? (laughs) Well, they want you to think that. He loves his son. We need to get back to work, right? We need to get back to doing the people's work. Sister, you idiots have wasted more time and more money than I tell you that the DOJ has spent over $9 million investigating Donald Trump since November. November. Okay? $9 million since Mount Hackmore. What's his name? What's the guy who's investigating him? I forget his name. Jack. Yes, thank you. Since that clown was hired, (laughs) he doesn't have an axe to grind. No, so we did some math. All right, so if Jack Smith was hired to, to quote-unquote, head up this whatever of Donald Trump on November 18th of 2022, this report of $9 million came out on CNN, of all places, on July 7th of this year. That's 232 days. In 232 days... The government, a.k.a. you, you suckers, $9.2 million spent in 232 days. That's $287,500 of your money every day wasted on this charade that is their weakest counterpunch to the offensive that the Republicans are launching. That there's demonstrable evidence Joe Biden is in business with his son. Period. So, as this is going on, I had to giggle at a story of ultimate suck. 
So what do we know about this whole electric vehicle thing? Yesterday we heard Pete Buttigieg say to CNN, look, this is happening with or without us. We're going electric. Really? Who, who voted for that? Because I didn't. And we know it's an all-out war on fossil fuels. No natural gas, no light, sweet, crude, no energy independence. Joe Biden has drawn down the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, what, 50 times? We're now sitting at 40% capacity. And Donald Trump had gone to Congress and had wanted to fill up more than the 100% capacity we were at all of these places in the Gulf. He wanted to fill up tankers and put them out at sea and have them waiting as backup. We have a, a magnificent liquid gold supply of independence. And so, of course, on day one, right after he allegedly took the oath of office, right? First thing he does, Biden, Keystone Pipeline is 86th. They campaigned on it. This is where we are. Well, this is kind of an intriguing, uh uh-oh. Joe Biden's words kind of come back to haunt him as a Wyoming town's entire electric bus fleet breaks down. (laughs) This is the story of ultimate insanity coming full circle. We're going to propose something uh, because we want to control the world. What we want to do is we've got this new liberal world order. There's going to be an elite ruling class. Uh, Alas, none of you are a part of it. But what is necessary is for you to be broken, for you to own nothing and love it, right? For you to be on the government teat, if you will, to get whatever scraps you can, to be controlled, all the traffic monitors paying attention to every single thing that you do, for there to be digital currency, which again, they control, right? Just look at Maui. We're going to wipe out an area. We're going to start over. That's the plan. All wrapped under climate change which is nonsense in you, and I know it. So how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to push this totally ridiculous technology that would not work in cold climates, because what do batteries not like cold weather ever? So how on earth are you going to make people in Montana? Are you going to make people in the Dakotas or along the Great Lakes? Shoot, how are you going to make people in Pennsylvania? We get snow, we get cold. You guys all going to be super jazzed when you go out to to hop in your Tesla and you realize... Sorry, you ain't going anywhere. But of course, the point is getting you connected to this power grid that they control the switch for. (laughs) It's so obvious. So here we go. You've got Joe Biden two years ago. In fact, it was one year and eight months. That's how long it's taken. He's gushing over Proterra, right? The electric vehicle manufacturer that they sunk billions and billions of CARES Act dollars into. He's gushing Joe Biden in this video conference. Oh, you're making me look so good. And this guy who's standing in front of all these electric buses. Oh, this is going to be great until none of them work. (laughs) They don't work. Not only do they not work, they aren't predictable in any capacity. They suck in the cold and nobody knows how to fix them. Now, can you imagine running your small business or even running your family? All right, here's what. Hey, Earl, Earl, get in here. All right, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to do something totally ridiculous. We're not going to think about it. We're not going to plan it out in any capacity. It's going to be exorbitantly expensive. And we're going to lie and pretend everybody it's great. Okay? Ready? Break. That's, that's what this is. The Cowboy State Daily reported Tuesday that Teton County and the town of Jackson, they'd wanted this low emission transit system for the county. It was a fall over ourselves to be woke and to prove to the Biden administration, we're on your side. Remember us. That's our diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Well, wah, wah. Not only did the buses not work, not only are the parts not coming in. Brock, do you know anything about parts not coming into a car? How long did you wait for yours? I waited nine months. Nine months. Fantastic. Public transit system that's been electrified in, in an area without the proper resources, without the manpower to know what the hell they're doing, without dependable technology. Now, and then the kick in the face. <laughs> Proterra goes bankrupt, Right. So they've got orders of buses. Are they going to get the buses? Are they going to get their money back? Because you know what an electrified bus is? How much it costs? Oh, yeah. It's a million dollars. And in, in these little towns here in Wyoming, they're like, uh, nobody's riding these buses. They're just driving around. Nobody's on the buses. Maybe that's part of the plan. Sink all your money into this technology that sucks. It doesn't work. Ignore the fact that you have to rape Mother Earth to, you know, power them, right? For the batteries and all that stuff, which are prohibitively heavy and absolutely do a number on the frame of said vehicle. Don't worry about that stuff, right? We're going to force this on everybody. When everything breaks, you guys have gotten rid of your normal diesel-powered fleet. Nobody can get anywhere. And then you're stuck in your 15-minute little city. Isn't that tidy? That's so neat how this is going. Well, apparently it's so bad. Did you guys hear about this? Washington Republican, excuse me, Wyoming, same state, Republican lawmakers in January, a year after Joe Biden was like, oh, I love you guys and your electric buses. They're so great. Republican lawmakers in Wyoming proposed a ban, a ban of the sale of all electric vehicles by 2035 to protect their oil and gas industry. That's how long it took, ladies and gentlemen. One year and eight months for a Democrat blowhard proposal of suck to break down for everybody in these communities to be stranded, footing a monster bill as the company that the Biden administration bailed out with our money, which is why you are paying 25% more for milk than you were two years ago. And we're just going to walk away from it all. Well, all right. Whatevs. No. No. People racing out to get it done. Oh, let me be the first on my street to invest in that. Every person, and I know a lot of you guys drive Teslas, and that's great. I look at them and I'm like, eh. I can't wait to see you on February 8th when it's 10 below. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back on this very radio program, did you guys hear about the Oregon school that has said absolutely nothing about a violent transgender student? Oh, more policies of the Democrats that suck. Wow. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Show. 
Now, this is this is more than a little concerning. This nonsense that you can just wave a magic wand and be something that you're not. It's ludicrous. Everybody knows it's ludicrous. And it's exhausting to litigate in the court of public opinion. I don't care what drugs you take. I don't care what surgeon you go to. You cannot be something that you're not. And I'm embarrassed for her. For Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. That she was the first one to all of a sudden have definition amnesia. What is a woman? I don't know. Well, you know, I sure hope that when it comes to a serious issue before the high court, because we know you're a shoe in because you are a black woman, not because you're a tremendous jurist, not because you're a firebrand, not because you love America, not because this place is the greatest place on planet Earth, but because you check necessary boxes for us to pretend like we're super equal, right? That you're going to be the fall guy for the beginning of this lunacy movement. So all of a sudden we got, we got schools falling over themselves, like Wyoming was. Let's get all those electric buses. We're not going to do any research, right? Give me that vaccine. Give it to me. Don't let me ask about any of the side effects. Just give it to me. Right? There's a school in Oregon that decided to have a transgender bathroom. All right, whatever. It's a unisex, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? Isn't it everywhere? It's man, woman, man or woman with a child. Like, whatever. You have them all over the place. Ah, the school went a little, a little far in their silence. Oregon school silent as footage of transgender student assaulting girls goes viral. Redstate.com. A disturbing video from Hazelbrook Middle School in Oregon went viral on Thursday that showed a male student who identifies as a female violently assaulting a girl in a school hallway. Okay, first of all, would you be standing there recording that? Or would you be like, yo, not a chance. I'm 120 pounds soaking wet, and I would jump in there. The footage shows the male student dressed as a girl. What are we doing to kids? Joe Biden wants porn in schools, too. Banning books. What a hack. Dressed as a girl, taking another girl by surprise, grabbing her by her backpack and throwing her backward before grabbing her and forcibly jerking her around by the head. The boy then repeatedly punches her before shouting expletives at her. Now, do you guys think that this individual truly is in some doubtful mode about their gender? Or is this just somebody who needs some serious help? First, probably a punch in the face and then some serious counseling. And our schools are allowing this. They're not just allowing this. They're incubating it. It's growing. The boy walks away, leaving the girl sobbing 
as she gets to her feet, panicking so badly that she says she can't breathe. Can you imagine if that was your daughter? You'd be Scott Smith. The video, originally posted to X by champion swimmer turned women's sports activist Riley Gaines, is difficult to watch. I chose not to, to play it here. It seems the attack was premeditated as there are different angles showing the sudden attack with various students recording before it happened. What, what are we doing? And this stupid school, la 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 la, calls to the school go unanswered. Of course, it's all behind locked doors, right? Oh, school security, gotta make sure it's safe, which I agree with, does not give you the ability to hide from being scumbags. What happened to people? Was this created or was this like a dormant seed that needed the nutrients of CARES Act funding? And maybe the water, the rain showers of fear-mongering over COVID to seed and take root. And now the sunshine of insanity has allowed this like wild strawberry to spread with abandon. If one of my sons ever laid a hand on anybody, especially a girl, they would fear the almighty Lord when they came anywhere near me. But if you carve out parents and you promote divorce, promiscuity, abortion, you take God, take your melon scooper, throw God out, replace the American flag with a hideous one. It's just ugly, the LGBTQ monstrosity, kaleidoscope of crazy, right? This is what you get. And until there is pushback of an epic level, this is the crap that will continue. National security expert John Guandolo, he was a federal agent, worked with the DOD. He sees things and he brings them to our attention before we do. And he's on deck next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. 